0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden, and joining me tonight is former Falcons fullback Ovi Mahaley, who was at the Falcons' official Draft party at Mercedes Benz Stadium last night when the Atlanta Falcons drafted Drake London at number eight. So, Ovi, I want to get your thoughts on the Falcons first round pick before we get to what I think was really a a solid day two for Atlanta draft wise. But before we kind of dive into all of the, the players that they selected on Friday night, what did you think about Drake London and what was the reaction inside of Mercedes Benz Stadium? kind of once the pick was announced? Um, I was
0: probably the loudest booer in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium uh, little draft party up on the uh, upper levels of the suites we were at. I, I was trying to get my fellow uh, Falcons, Brian Scott and Jarrett Norwood, to boo with me. <laughs> I was like, boo this man, boo! Oh, no, oh no. Man. Because I wanted Edge so bad. I kind of, kind of get it with, you know, taking supposedly the best receiver in the draft, so supposedly, um, rather than the third or fourth best edge rusher, trying to get the best at position. So I kind of see what he was trying to do. But I just feel like getting the third or fourth best edge rusher in the draft would still be better than getting the first one or two number receiver because we need that position so badly. And rather than getting a a day two (laughs) pick that is, you know, good, why not get a great edge rusher? So that was my thinking. But it it was absolutely a mixed crowd. There were some boos, there were some claps. They oh, we need somebody. You know, Calvin Ridley's not coming back and Julio Jones not walking through that door. We need help. So it was a mixed bag.
1: Yeah, I, I remember I was looking, I think this morning on Pro Football Focus at the just kind of the rundown, not even looking for kind of reactions of the draft because some of that stuff can be bullshit anyway um a lot of it is based on where players were expected to go pre-draft relative to where they ended up going is kind of the grade, uh, the grade that teams end up getting but when you look at pro football focus they have obviously mock drafts available on their website so fans can go in and kind of do their own simulations which gives them a really good database for kind of what pick fans want for their teams the Falcons were by far the lowest of the top 10 uh, with 54% of the fan base liking the pick that they made. So it it seems like that kind of jives with your experience uh, live at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, you know, a smattering of kind of excitement and a little bit of confusion mixed with uh, bewilderment maybe about the fact that the Falcons again, have not necessarily addressed their, Primary need in the eyes of a lot of people in the first round. But as we will get to tonight, they did, I think, address that need pretty decently in uh, the, the second round and then again, kind of in the third round. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Keep track of all of the latest sports developments, including NBA playoff odds. Fighting bets, and even next season's futures. And don't forget, guys, Major League Baseball is back as well. Go Braves. So who are you picking to win the World Series? Betonline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember, guys, bet online, where the game starts. All right, Obi. So, you know, obviously your reaction, and it seems like some of the reaction in Mercedes Benz Stadium was lukewarm. Andre, yeah. me personally, I, I liked the pick. Uh, of all the receivers, I thought he was the one that made the most sense. But given what they did on day two, they addressed Edge, they addressed, you know, the quarterback they addressed linebacker even though that wasn't necessarily a need we'll we'll get into to troy anderson because i have some thoughts but given what they did on day two does it make you feel any better about them going drake london with number eight slightly e- ever so slightly
0: better about uh going drake london with number eight number eight is such a high pick i just <laughs> i just L you know, jordan davis was still on the board and you said yes nah. he was we're going to go get a receiver. Nah, Jordan Davis, you know, a, a life changing Hall of Famer, stalwart, you know, to build around. Uh, We're we'll, we'll getting a receiver. I, I, I was telling guys at the draft party, I was like, great pick, just not for us and not this year <laughs> and yeah. not to go where we need to go because, uh, you know, I think uh, he's a nice enough guy and, Seems to be someone that is serious about playing football, but I just don't think Drake London is going to be winning us multiple games uh, next uh, next season. I don't think you'll say, oh, that game, Drake London took over and won us that game single-handedly. Like, if he was a Julio Jones type of guy that was undeniably going to be a superstar in the NFL, it's hard to miss with Julio. You already knew with (laughs) his speed, his size, everything – he was going to be somebody who should go first round, and that you would, you know trade the world to, to, to get like the Falcons did. But Drake London is no Julio Jones. He might surprise us, but I doubt it. But Jordan Davis is Jordan Davis. Like that, <laughs> you, you knew what you get with that guy. So the the second day picks were were comforting to to get some uh, some edge rushers and you know, a, a QB, which was in the perfect position, like not too high and you know, has just enough potential to where he could surprise us. He's the Goldilocks he could, Locks quarterback, Yeah, I the mean, Cinderella story. Yeah, yeah. We, we all, There are those uh, QBs, those Doug Fluties that come out of nowhere and, you know, smaller schools and didn't get picked first to, to play anything that end up being, like, really great candidates. And that might maybe happen. So I, I feel a little better, but I, I'm still underwhelmed with the high, high hopes I had for the Falcons and, and Arthur Smith.
1: You know, I I think Drake London will be pretty good. (laughs) Um, I I mean, I think even Julio as a rookie wasn't Julio yet. And it'll take a little bit of time, but I I get what the Falcons are certainly doing on offense. It's a lot of size. They better be the best red zone team in the NFL. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it's, it's crazy. But I did think that they would hammer the defensive side of the ball on day two given the fact that they addressed offense on day one and that defense, you know, uh, I know that they are really lacking kind of at the skill positions on offense, but defense just still seems like the bigger project to me. And I like what they did uh, defensively on day two. So let me recap real quick what Atlanta did with its four picks on Friday. They went, First with Arnold Evakati, the defensive end from Penn State. Then with the who you know on. I tweeted out immediately afterwards. Basically, they drafted the defensive version of Taysom Hill and uh, yep. Montana linebacker Troy Anderson, which uh, is is really interesting. We will get into that in a minute. Then they grabbed their quarterback Ov. Whether it's the quarterback of the future remains to be seen. Whether it is you know kind of a, a Matt Schaub in in the making, you know, that remains to be seen. But Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati, uh, he in the third round, great value there. The second quarterback off the board. So the Falcons had their pick and Desmond Ritter is their guy. And then the final pick of day two for Atlanta was another kind of linebacker edge hybrid there in D'Angelo Malone. So let's just uh, start off right here, uh, Ovi. What do you think about Arnold Ebicadee? As a pass rusher, you know, it. I was talking to a couple of people afterwards. Some felt like this was maybe the best kind of edge defender pass rusher outside of the top four that went, Jermaine Johnson kind of being the last of those four, Um, you know, Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, and and Jermaine Johnson. And then some had Arnold Evikati right there behind them. How do you feel about him as a player? And is he, is he somebody who can fix this Falcons pass rush kind of by himself?
0: Yeah. No, he has a potential to be that. You know, he's he's a fellow African, so I'm, I'm all in for him.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> but uh, I, I think that Arnold, and with the high tape that, that they keep on showing over and over again, has Falcons fans excited because if he can do that, and is still growing still learning still you know getting bigger uh you know without the nfl skills that there's so much he can do here like we were bamboozled kind of when we saw like Vic beasley and you know, oh he's gonna be this at the third and he showed us a little something but but arnold epicati looks like he can you know get better and build on what he's going to learn and keep that in his, uh, you know, bag of tricks, so that he could end up being a real force for this team, not someone who may uh, have questionable work ethic or someone who may be a, a hot and cold guy. Just with the the mentality he has, and, and you know, his kind of story uh, coming up and trying to uh, be recognized as you know one of the the best pass rushers in this draft. I, I appreciate him being on this team and. And again, I'm, I'm gonna go to uh, some of the, the Osei Uwaniores and Adewale Gunliers, and you know, the <laughs> you know, the just the the work ethic that I know from you know my people. We, Yannick we, Ngakwe, bro. Yeah, we we come to play. We come to play, and so I, I love that fact about him. I mean, look at Foye and You uh, know, Foye. I met Foye in person. We spoke, and and we spoke about how our African parents. Always wants to be doctors, lawyers, engineers. We say, if you're going to play football, you better be the best damn football player ever. Like, we mediocre ain't in our blood and in our DNA. So, yeah. I, I'm my Irish
1: heritage, they just wanted me to be a bartender. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you'd be
0: great whatever you do. So, no, I, I think it's a, a great pick.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's weird watching his film. He looks like if, if this was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, he would have been a first round pick. You know, he looks like a prototypical kind of long defensive end pass rusher. He we always talk about the, the tools, the technique that a, a player has. I don't know if that's his skill set yet, but he has such a strong foundation. And by that, I mean, he's got a great club and rip kind of outside move. Uh, where he will beat a uh, tackle around the edge, but he can really dip his shoulder and bend around them while kind of clubbing that outside arm out of the way. And then he can convert that and and move inside and convert that speed to power really well. So kind of those are his two best moves at the moment, but that's a really, really solid foundation coming into the NFL to then build upon. And so, uh, you know, I, I think that he, in year one, I think it's too much to ask him to be, you know, a a real game-changing presence for the Falcons. But I think he has a lot of potential to develop into a really good player by year two, year three, because that's what he did really in college. I mean, he went from zero sacks as as a freshman to nine and a half sacks um, his senior year and improved every single year in this Penn State defense. So Arnold Epichetti, I you know, I, I think that's a great pick for Atlanta because they were able to address what you and I both, I think, consider their biggest need, which is uh, the pass rush. But moving on to their second pick on day two, Troy Anderson, and it, it's it's mm. I think on the one hand, my favorite pick of of the draft what? so far for Atlanta, just just wow. because <laughs> okay, he's, he's so much fun to watch. Is he? But but I also am I'm, I'm really trying to figure out you know how how does he fit into this team? So Ovi, you before I. Just you know, wax uh, the poetic about how th- Tric- exactly. Tric- let, yes. let me let me let me let you take the mic real quick. Let me uh, go ahead before there's a Kanye West moment. I'm I'm gonna let you <laughs> take the stage and, and hand the mic over. Here you go. Uh, the, take uh, the wheel, man.
0: I mean, I I just don't I, I don't get it. I mean, I understand that every now and then there are these wonderful picks that come from these small schools and are able to uh, light the world on fire. But when you have the 58th overall pick and you have guys like N'Kobe Dean still on the board and, you know, we'll see if some of the things that are swirling about him with his health are actually true. But watch Georgia football, watch Kobe Dean play and, yeah, and yeah. watch the difference that he makes and say, yeah, even if he has, you know, a little health issue that he's getting fixed, he'll get it fixed offseason or whatever, and not that we're going to the Super Bowl this year anyway, Then the, the next year the years after, having him to Kobe Dean, you know, his mindset, his heart his fire on your team. It's like, nah, I want <laughs> Troy Anderson from Montana freaking State with his uh, inflated stats playing against like nobodies. That's who I want. I want the guy who was the freaking quarterback to be going up and blocking fullbacks and taking on offensive guards. That's what I want. I want a guy who was a Swiss Army knife. Oh, he that that's that's not what you want. With the 50th overall pick, Arthur Smith and, and, and you know Terry Fontenot, GM extraordinaire. This is who you pick. Falcons fans were, were groaning. I, I could hear it. I wasn't even at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, but I can hear the collective sigh and the confusion of Falcons fans saying, "What in God's name is going on?" Because people are literally doing backflips to try to explain why this is a great pick when. Sometimes the easy answer is the right answer, which is no. Hell no. <laughs> he'll be a special teams ace because that's all he can do. He'll be a try hard guy because that's all he can do. We've been devoid of talent at the Falcons for so long. You pick a, 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 a barely ta- or I don't say talentless, but like he's scraping the, the bottom of the barrel as far as talent and has a lot of effort. He's one of these great effort guys. Pure, raw, linebacking talent for the Falcons, not it. But, but go ahead.
1: Tell me why I'm wrong. Well, first off, if any uh, of, of Troy Anderson's families uh, <laughs> listen to this podcast, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's a nice guy. Just, again, just like our first pick.
0: Were the Falcons at this pick this high? Not for me. Wait, I'm sure he's a nice really, you're,
1: you're just mad that he had more rushing touchdowns than you did uh, in, I, I in college. that's am. That's, that's I, what I this am upset. Let's let's run through some stats real quick because sure. you mentioned he played he played quarterback uh, in in college he played in 2018 started 11 games at quarterback he ran for over 1400 yards and 21 touchdowns so yeah he's he's playing against you know not the elite of the elite this is not the SEC but the dude produced against everybody that he played against and then he switched to the defensive side of the ball won the uh, FCS defensive player of the year. Award had 150 tackles as a senior. So, you know, again, as you and I were talking about before we started recording, I likened him to Taysom Hill on Twitter, you know, right when this pick was made, you kind of turn on the tape. That's what he is. It's one highlight. He's on the defense side of the ball or on special teams or kind of doing whatever the next in the backfield, taking a snap running and making a, you know, a 40 yard touchdown run. So I, I don't know what the Falcons necessarily have planning oh, for oh. him <laughs> we'll find out what they were thinking hopefully yeah. um but you know whether or not i agree with you I, I i think he would be great on special teams that doesn't mean that i hope that he is only special teams that would obviously be a uh you know not the best use of a second round pick exactly um, <laughs> but i i think they have high hopes for what he can do. And I I think they look at his athleticism and maybe see a potential pass rushing future in, uh, in his future. That, that could be the upside that they see. Um, Obviously he, I mean, the dude can make plays all over the field. He ran a four, four, two, like the athleticism is there. If they can work with it and mold it, maybe that's why they felt like they could take a chance on The athletic upside with a player that a lot of teams were overlooking and maybe if he had played in Big Ten or the Pac-12 or whatever, this is a player who's, you know, top of the second round, late first round because of those athletic traits. And maybe Atlanta feels like they got a little bit of a seal here in the bottom of the second round. It may take a little bit to develop. It may take a minute. Um, But, you know, we'll see. I agree with you. I think it left a lot of people scratching their heads. You know, when when you have a player like N'Kobe Dean who was seen as if it wasn't Jordan Davis, it was N'Kobe Dean as the force on that Georgia defense, which was the best defense in the country. You still have a player like him on the board. It's going to leave a lot of fans kind of second guessing, but the pick is what the pick is. Uh, (laughs) Let's see what, what Troy Anderson can do from an athletic standpoint. There's a lot there to like, but The big news of the night for Atlanta, they got a quarterback, Cincinnati quarterback Desmond Ritter, who is one of the most, if not the most accomplished quarterback in this class in terms of, you know, just experience starting at the collegiate level, uh, accomplishments, taking teams to the, uh, the college football playoff, taking teams to very high bowl games and just you know accomplishments throughout his career. What do you think of Desmond Ritter? Was that the quarterback you thought Atlanta would go with, given every single quarterback still being on the board outside of Kenny Pickett?
0: Um, Malik. Um, that that's a question that a lot of Falcons fans were wondering. Why didn't they call his name, uh, Malik? I, I I I like Ritter. I think Desmond has a lot of skills and, you know, watching the college football playoffs, the fact that the Bearcats were in it, it's because of this guy, you know, it's, it's because of, of not only his heart and his arm and his legs, but his leadership. You, you, you watch, uh, you know, the highlights and you see the storylines that they use leading up to the college football playoff. and, And it was always swirling around Desmond Ritter and, and those are the type of guys that you want to have on your team. Now, um, I love the fact that he's a mobile quarterback who can still uh, throw. Uh, well, you mentioned among the quarterbacks that are available, uh, he's one of the, the most accurate. And I, I, I like this pick. I, I like that it was in the third round. I'm glad it wasn't the eighth pick. I'm glad it wasn't the, uh, <laughs> it was the eighth pick. I'm, I'm glad that like, I, I was saying that at the draft party last night, just like, God, please no, Terry Fontenot, <laughs> baby Jesus. Like, everyone, no, do not pick a quarterback. Don't go that route and say, You know, we want Malik at number eight. We want Ritter at number eight. I I just was hoping that no one would be that stupid. Thank God they weren't, but, you know, they still ding at the edge rusher that that I wish they would have got. But uh, that's another story. That's another segment. But no, for for this pick, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Looking forward to watch him uh, grow. Looking forward to see uh, what he can do. It's going to be interesting if they, you know, draft a quarterback this draft and draft a quarterback in the next draft. If we, you know, get our... Alabama guy. If we lose enough to you know to to get the the guys we want, but um uh, but no, uh this is something that I feel like will be a plus for the Falcons in the long run.
1: I I was just that whole time picturing you running into uh, basically the halo board traffic control room right after the uh, the Falcons pick a quarterback in number eight who you didn't like and just putting up the Michael Scott gif of the no God please no no yes. no no like that yes. whole thing. All day. <laughs> All day. That would have been, oh man, that would have been great. I wish he did it, honestly. Um, but no, I agree with you. Desmond Ritter, It as I was kind of saying last night, after round one, so much of this depends on scheme. And that's the part of, of the whole evaluation process that the fans and the media don't have full access to. And I really think that the Falcons look at Desmond Ritter and they think that he is what is best for this scheme. Because in a lot of ways, he reminds me of Ryan Tannehill. He's got kind of an athletic profile that is very similar. He did much better at the Combine than a lot of people expected him to, but he is that type of athlete. He may not be a Lamar Jackson or a Malik Willis or a Kyler Murray or that type of player, but he can be a, a Brian Tannehill in his prime who was a good athlete. That's a former wide receiver that we're talking about. On top of that, he's a he's a really accurate quarterback. He can throw with uh, timing. He can throw right, right. When he hits his back foot, his drop, he understands he can read everything. So I think the Falcons know that there's a lot of stuff here to work with. It's more the consistency, I think with Ritter that they need to really hone in because he can go on some droughts where he is really, uh, inaccurate where he doesn't, you know, necessarily get the ball right where it needs to be. Um, so I think that if they can kind of groom him, nurture him underneath Marcus Mariota, who has also a similar skill set then, you know, Desmond Ritter, I think, does carry kind of not a huge risk, uh, but there is definitely a high reward here with him as a quarterback. So in a lot of ways, yeah, they didn't necessarily bet on the upside with Malik Willis, but if you're not using a first-round pick on this quarterback, then I don't think it necessarily matters so much that you're betting on that upside. You're allowed to bet on the floor a little bit more when it's the third-round pick instead of the number eight pick. Um, Because you don't need that to be a grand slam at the end of the day. So the final pick uh, for day two uh, for Atlanta is D'Angelo Malone, the uh, defensive lineman slash edge defender out of Western Kentucky. Ovi, did you have any experience with D'Angelo Malone uh, before tonight? That is a no. (laughs) Me neither. Uh, So... let. I'm going to go first. Let's, let's do this. Let me go first (laughs) and break it down to you because I like his, I'm looking at his stats right now on, on a college football reference, 59 tackles for a loss over his, his career. And that's, you know, a five-year career. I have no idea how he got to, he never played less than 11 games in college and yet he played five seasons. Do you know how that happens, Zoe? Uh, God's
0: grace. Um <laughs> No, I, I I don't. That's that's impressive. Uh,
1: he uh, the kid played upwards of 60 collegiate games? How? Yeah. Oh my it's god, not- he was twice a senior and he played Like he played 11 games as a freshman. He played 12 games as a sophomore, 13 as a junior, 11 as a senior, and then 14 as a. he played 25 games as a senior at Western Kentucky. Um, So the Falcons are getting experience. It's safe to say uh, with this pick, but he brings a lot of athleticism. He does have 32 and a half sacks during his career, but kind of watching his film, it reminded me a lot of watching Michael Walker coming out of Fresno State, where it's a little bit of a hybrid somebody who lines up on the edge, but is a little undersized to play edge, can kind of drop back and do that stuff, but he's not necessarily the most fluid athlete um, in space. That being said, I love Michael Walker and what he's turned into in the NFL. So maybe I'm going to end up loving D'Angelo Malone. But as of right now, the way I look at it, he's my least favorite of the day two picks. What say you, Ovi?
0: I mean he's you know the lowest so he he's the guy right, yeah. who is not uh the marquee name that we know of but again just doing some uh digging on him some of the things that are knocks on him uh he can get better on uh, obviously size uh, 6'2" 234, he can get bigger they're mentioning his flexibility and his ability to to stay on a spot say he gets moved too often that again comes with size and strength something that you can uh grow in, in the NFL. Lord knows I did as, as much as I thought I was the biggest, <laughs> strongest, baddest fullback in the land. And I kinda was. You're a rookie in the NFL and everybody's ginormous. Even the guys who are small are <laughs> still ginormous. So I had to like live in the gym. And if he can do that, you know, he can get better. What what I do like is the, the mentality, the the hand movement, the the skills that uh, he has and some of the highlights that they're showing that that gives me hope, and there's no such thing as too much edge prospects or edge talents for the Falcons. So, who knows? Getting them in a D line meeting room may stir up some, you know, competition and some rivalries that will just make everyone in the room better, including himself. So, I, you know, I, not the best pick uh, of the day, but it's wasn't supposed to be that's why it was uh, the last pick that we had yeah. <laughs> uh, of the day so we we are going to go off potential and hopefully turn into something that surprises us all
1: yeah and and d'Anthelon Malone looks exactly like a great special teams player to me as well um you know he, he's going to be great on your coverage units everything like that um but as as you said Ovi I look at edge rushers almost as three-point shooters you can never have enough and yep. even even if a Three-point shooter goes cold. You you uh, you know, you just try to throw as many out there as you can, hope somebody heats up, somebody catches fire, and then it's uh, it's a little bit of a trickle-down effect to the rest of the group. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love the fact that the Falcons kind of loaded up on defense. The one time they didn't, they went quarterback. So far, they've got a receiver and a quarterback on offense. They've got a linebacker and two edge defenders on defense. How do you feel about the Falcons' Uh Draft so far through the first three rounds?
0: It's it's uh, above average. Again, started out a little shaky, but um I, I like the two edge rushers. Now, I wish we had what the Eagles have, which oh my is God. Kobe yeah. Dean and Jordan Davis. Like, what in the lip? Are you serious? That could have been us. We're because, Eagles
1: fans now, Ovi.
0: I mean, Jordan Davis, we're, we're birds of a feather, but, you know, that's just the, the wrong bird. I wish Jordan Davis and the Kobe Dean were over here. Because again, I mentioned it. There are probably some red flags, some issues, and some questions regarding N'Kobe Dean, but he's Kobe freaking Dean. Did you see what he did in college? And and, and, yeah. and Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean are just going to get better. Uh, I, I I hope our receiver does what he's supposed to do, but I, I just don't see us, or I don't see him having the impact Jordan Davis is going to ha- have in two years, three years, five years. I don't see our, our linebacker pick from Montana State having the impact that Kobe Dean is going to have in three years, four years, five years. I, I just don't see. I hope I'm proven wrong because we've been talking about Terry Fontenot's, you know, undercover genius and bringing what he did for the Saints, which always had cap issues, but always had undeniable talent on their team from uh, crazy places. And, and they would fill us hits when they shouldn't have the money to buy anyone that could uh, go toe-to-toe with us, but they would construct these amazing teams with Drew Brees at the helm. So uh, Terry Fontenot, hopefully he knows some things we don't and can uh, make these players be uh, the the, the best in the league.
1: Yep, I think that's really well said. I like what the Falcons have done so far. I think Drake London uh, can be a a good player in this league. I don't know if he's going to follow necessarily in the footsteps of uh, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Uh, Or Roddy White. Um, I don't know if he's that type of player, but he he could be a lot different than than what we're used to. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I agree, though, with you, Ovi. I I like what they've done day two. I like the edge rush, the defensive focus. Let's hope that continues day three. But honestly, from here on out, it's really about traits. It's really about who you think can develop and kind of special teams is going to win the day on day three. Um, But you got anything else to add before we get out of here, Ovi? Nope, that's it. All right, everybody. Well, we will be back uh, Monday recapping um, the entirety of the Falcons draft. And I think we've got some big things in the works. After that, going to take probably a nice little hiatus. There's not going to be any news going on. and, And honestly, we deserve a break, so <laughs> yep. we'll uh, we'll be taking a little bit of time after that, but don't worry, we will be back right when training camp is kicking off, and then the season will be here before you know it. For Ovi Mahaley, I'm Will McFadden. Today's podcast was presented by Bet Online. Please let everybody know where they can find us, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. That will do it for the Falcons' first two days of the NFL Draft. Tune in for day three, and as always, guys, take care.